From Unpacked, I'm Rifki Stern, and you're listening to This Week Unpacked. Thank you to the Jewish Federation of Greater Rochester for sponsoring this week's episode. If you too are interested in sponsoring future episodes, be in touch at podcasts at jewishunpacked.com. Last week, Israel designated six Palestinian NGOs as terrorist groups. I know terrorist is an intense word, and it often garters immediate reactions. Like, you might instinctively hear this and think, NGOs are terrorist groups now? Great, Israel's going down a fascist path, and we have to immediately protest. Or, you might have kind of the opposite reaction. Finally, Israel's recognizing the obvious. Of course these groups are secretly involved in terrorism. And if you don't recognize that, well, that's your own naivete coming through. But to both of those reactions, we say slow down. Because, duh, it's complicated. Coming up on the show, we're unpacking. What actually happened? Are these NGOs really connected to a terrorist organization? And what do we do when we just don't know the answer? As we say in Yiddish, weiter, let's dive in. So let's start with what actually happened. Israeli Defense Minister Benny Gantz recently declared that the country was designated six Palestinian NGOs, or non-governmental organizations, as terror groups. Gantz claimed that though these NGOs operate under the guise of humanitarian aid, they're actually an arm of the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, also known as the PFLP. According to Jewish News Syndicate, under Israeli law, this terrorist designation allows authorities to close the nonprofit's office, seize their assets, and ban supporting their activities. And what is the PFLP? Well, astute listeners of all Unpacked podcasts will remember that the PFLP is the only terrorist group to actually have hijacked an El Al plane. See the Entebbe episode of Unpacking Israeli History for more about that. The link is in the show notes. And when I say terrorist group, by the way, that's not just coming from me. That's the PFLP's designation by the US, Israel, the EU, Canada, Japan, and Australia. Aside from hijacking an Israeli flight and four other Western planes back in 1970, the organization also assassinated Israeli tourism minister Rechavam Zaevi in 2001, carried out suicide bombings during the Second Intifada, which killed 10 Israelis, and murdered five members of an Israeli family, including an infant, in 2014. So what is this alleged connection between the NGOs and the PFLP? According to the Israeli Defense Ministry, the six groups are using donations they receive, including grants from the European Union countries, the UN, and other donors, to fund the PFLP and its terrorist activities. The Defense Ministry also claimed that the NGOs employ PFLP members, including activists involved in terror activity, in senior leadership positions. Now let's run through the six NGOs. They are, number one, the Palestinian rights organization Al-Haq, number two, Adamir, which supports Palestinian security prisoners held in Israeli jails, number three, Defense for Children International, which advocates for Palestinian children, number four, the Bisan Center for Research and Development, which works on building a Palestinian civil society, number five, the Union of Agricultural Work Committees, which is a nonprofit dedicated to improving the performance and professionalism of Palestinian farmers, and number six, the Union of Palestinian Women's Committees, whose goal is to empower Palestinian women. Now, these six groups categorically reject the charges, and they're accusing Israel of trying to shut down their efforts to hold Israel accountable for what they term war crimes against Palestinians. 
In a press release, Al-Haq, the Palestinian rights organization, said that they will maintain their efforts to, quote, ensure that Israeli perpetrators of mass atrocity crimes are held accountable. Now, let me pause for a second and get a little meta. And please ignore the Mark Zuckerberg implications. Yes, yes, yes. See, at this point, it's very easy to say, all right, I've heard what I need to hear, and now I know exactly what my opinion is. But but that kind of thinking, week after week, year after year, that's what contributes to us getting so stuck in our silos with our blinders on, oblivious to the real range of authentic and different opinions and different perspectives, and the wide contours of dispute that bust open our echo chambers. We honestly try to do this every week at This Week Unpacked, and I hope that we succeed. Let us know with an email at podcast.jewishunpacked.com. And our theory is that the only way to form real, thoughtful, and nuanced opinions is to hear from all those different voices. So that's what we want to do here. Let's start with the perspective from NGO Monitor, a watchdog group that tracks what it sees as anti-Israel international NGOs. The group said on Twitter that the Israeli government's announcement confirms, quote, what our research has shown for years, unquote. To demonstrate the connections between the NGOs and the PFLP, Eitan Fishberger, a communications associate for NGO Monitor, highlighted the example of Samer Arbid, who allegedly commanded the PFLP terror cell that murdered 17-year-old Israeli Rina Schnurb in a 2019 bombing attack. At the time of the attack, according to Fishberger, Arbid, who is currently standing trial in Israel, served as the accountant for the Union of Agricultural Work Committees, one of the newly designated organizations. Meanwhile, the Jerusalem Post editorial board didn't claim that Gantz was wrong exactly, but they did question why Gantz didn't provide evidence like this when making such a hugely important announcement. The board lamented that Gantz's announcement was just a statement to the media. He didn't make any sort of briefing or release documents that would really prove his charges. The editorial board added that the Israeli authorities have the responsibility to publicly back their claims with real evidence. I do want to add, by the way, that two days after Gantz's announcement, Israel's foreign ministry did reference a May 2021 investigation by Israel's security forces that found that millions of euros in aid were transferred from a network of European-funded NGOs to the PFLP. But again, this was two days after the announcement. The Jerusalem Post editorial board further argued that the Israeli government should have updated its American counterparts ahead of time. Quote, had Israel updated the State Department before making the designations, it is possible that it would not have been condemned. End quote. Similarly, Transportation Minister Merab Mikhaeli said at a meeting with her fellow Labor Party colleagues that Israel wrote this announcement out awfully by not including America. She said, quote, the manner in which this classification was carried out has caused great damage among our greatest and most important friends. The Haaretz editorial board went even further, criticizing not just how this was ruled out, but the designations themselves. They wrote that because of this declaration, quote, there is no distinction between those waging a violent struggle against the state and hurting innocent civilians on one hand, and on the other hand, lawyers in human rights organizations who give prisoners legal aid or document human rights violations in the territories. In other words, the Aras editorial board argued, this declaration muddied for us the difference between actual human rights organizations and terrorist organizations, a very, very dangerous thing to be unclear about. Gerald Steinberg, president and founder of NGO Monitor, was absolutely not having it. He pushed back very strongly on the Jerusalem Post and Haaretz, Mara Mikhaeli, anyone. 
saying that these groups are absolutely trafficking in terrorism. Steinberg identified employees of every single one of these six NGOs who are also connected to the PFLP. And he added, it's not like PFLP members are just a few bad eggs scattered among the staff of the NGOs. No, in fact, they are in senior roles, in leadership of the organizations. However, 25 Israeli human rights NGOs, including ones you might have heard of like B'Tselem and Breaking the Silence, had a very different perspective on this. They signed a joint letter calling the designations, quote, a draconian measure that criminalizes critical human rights work, adding very clearly, quote, we stand with our Palestinian colleagues, end quote. We have to add, though, that although many of these NGOs are well-respected among many members of the Israeli public, others are critical and suspicious of some of these organizations. So how did the Palestinian NGOs themselves respond? Al-Haq responded pretty forcefully with a strong statement. And this is what they said, quote, The baseless allegations represent an alarming and unjust escalation of attacks against the Palestinian people in their struggle for freedom, justice, and the right to self-determination. Israel's widespread and systematic smearing of Palestinian human rights NGOs aims to delegitimize, oppress, silence, and drain their work and resources. So they weren't a fan. Sahar Francis, the general director of Adamir, added that the decision indicates that Israel is deeply concerned about the widespread work of the organizations. She stated proudly that Israel's decision to classify these organizations as helping terrorist organizations means that when they use discourse like occupation, apartheid, that actually changes the conversation and Israel's scared. She even said the success of the BDS campaign is, quote, an example of the success of our work, end quote. At the end of the day, Michael Starr, who's a writer of the Jerusalem Post, observed that in the wake of Gantz's statement, two divergent and two extreme narratives have emerged. According to Star, narrative number one tells us that terrorist activity that's been happening behind the scenes and under the guise of human rights has finally been unmasked. And on the other side of the second narrative, the six NGOs aren't involved in terrorism at all, but are purely human rights organizations. And in fact, Israel's choice to designate them as terrorist fronts is a, quote, draconian attack on Palestinian civil society. So now, to a certain extent, we the public are at a standstill. I suspect for many of us, without enough cold hard facts, you know, we just choose to align with the group we trust more. If you generally trust Gantz and the Israeli government, then you trust their designation of these six NGOs. If you generally distrust the government, well, you'll be suspicious of this decision. Now, call me naive, I, I embrace that term with pride, but I do generally lean toward trusting the Israeli government. But if the Israeli government wants to lean against teams and against partisanship and really get everyone on board with this designation, well, it would be nice if they'd show the receipts. Thanks for listening. This Week Unpacked is a production of Unpacked, a division of Open Door Media. If you're listening to this, but you don't subscribe to the show, what the heck are you waiting for? Go subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, while you're there, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way for other people to find the show. And last but not least, we want to hear from you. Email us. I know, I'll say it one more time, podcast at jewishunpacked.com. Research and writing for this episode was led by Sarah Himalis, and the team includes John Kunza, Avi Posen, and Rob Perra. Noam Weisman is the executive producer of This Week Unpacked, and I'm your host, Rifki Stern. Thanks for listening, and see you next week. <laughs>